Welcome to Colonial Church's Deep Dive series. These sessions are meant to act as a companion to our messages, where we speak to our pastors about what went into the creation of the messages, flesh out some of the larger points, and get insight into what they hope some of the takeaways are, while also getting a preview of what's to come. If you haven't already listened to the companion message, we highly recommend doing so beforehand. Otherwise, we hope you enjoy these and grow in them. Hey guys, welcome back to another edition of Colonial Church's Deep Dive. Today I'm really excited because we're doing things a little bit different. We're actually covering three different things today. We're going to be talking about Pastor Matty's Build the Margin message. We're also going to be talking about his newest Balancing the Margin message. And then we're going to be doing kind of a margin series wrap. Where we're going to talk about the series as a whole and think about it when it comes to like when we're going to do it again possibly, what we may change, what Pastor Matty liked, what we as an audience may have liked. Um, and different things like that. So with me again today, we have Tommy. Tommy, say hello. Hey, hey, everybody. <laughs> your, your signature hey, hey. That sounded I amazing. I love that. And then Pastor Matty. Hi, guys. It's there good to it be is. here. Awesome. All right. So two weeks ago, you gave a message called Build the Margin. Yes. On money and resources. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, let's just start off with the obvious elephant in the room. Yep. Another money message in church. <laughs> Wow! Come yeah. on, let's start there. Um, yeah, it was a great it was a great thing to talk about because I think there are there's a lot of people that come to church and actually probably would 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 find it refreshing um, to to hear a biblical perspective on on margin and resources. But at the same time, I did kind of and hopefully people listen to the message before they listen to this. But you'll hear me in the message just kind of. Uh, encourage people and pastor people at the beginning of the message. I said, hey, if you feel uncomfortable in church listening to a message about money because of, you know, the way things have been done or your experience previous, I just said, you know, just relax. It's all good. God's good. He's got you covered and um, and it's okay to talk about it, you know. Um, and and certainly when it comes to, to finances and money in our church, there's absolutely no pressure. You know, no one's ever pressured to do anything with money in our church. It's just... Let's let's see what God has to say. So that was definitely the goal. Yeah, and I think it was really interesting. Um, I hope you don't mind me sharing this, but you didn't m- mention in the message that you actually have a financial background. Yes, which I think would have been really important to mention. Uh, it's not just coming out of left field. Like I don't know anything about finances, so let me talk about them. So well, could you maybe talk about that a little bit? Yeah, um, that was intentional. Okay. Um, I I didn't want to do that because. Um, you know, I just wanted to really just bring as much as I could from from God's word in, into into that message, and sort of not really wanted to lean too heavily on on my own experience, even though that plays a factor. So yeah, um, that was intentional. Um, but you know, I think there are a lot of people in our church know that you know I wasn't really a pastor until a pastor until you know three or four years ago when we, we planned a colonial. Um, I've come from a corporate background. And um, and yeah, spent a lot of time in the financial area. So so yeah, I think if anything, it just um, it was just cool to sort of you know talk a little bit about it from um, from that perspective. But really, um, but but what does God want to say about this particular thing? That's that's the key for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's awesome. I think it um, it is kind of refreshing. This was a message where, like you said, people can immediately go up oh, money red flags. Um, right. But that's totally not where the heart of this message was. Mm. Um, it came from such 
I think from such a unique place when it comes to the church world, um, I've never heard anything like this spoken about in church, and uh, it was really, really encouraging in that regard. I think one thing in particular that I enjoyed was when you used used a lot of like statistics like you did in some of your early messages mm-hmm. about like credit card debt and student yes. debt and um why did you choose to do that well i think um one of my favorite quotes um is um you know is sort of talking about ministry it says you know um i can't remember if it was bonhoeffer or it was like a, maybe a spurgeon quote but the quote goes something like this: um, You know, a good pastor should um, should have a Bible in one hand and a newspaper in the other, hmm. but use the Bible to interpret the newspaper. And mm. that's that's a cool, it's a really cool, yeah. encouraging quote for for people in ministry. Um, but you know, our job as pastors, I think, is, as well, is to interpret the times we're in mm. and and talk about the age we're in and and and, and really bring bring the Bible to life, um, telling God's story but also in the cultural context we're in um, and just speak to it. I, I don't really hear it a lot in church, um, uh, in churches generally, um, people doing that. But I think people want it because pe- people want to see the the uh, discrepancy maybe or just the contrast between those two things, between kind of the supernatural, the spiritual world, God's word, and then also kind of the world we live in. And so that was the, the goal with that. Um, but I also wanted to try my best to frame up, uh, again, a cultural context, the cultural context we're in, the world we live in today, the challenges we face, um, and just the, the, the kind of the, the debt, um, the debt narrative was also big in this. Um, and so, yeah, this, and, so, and I wanted to pick on a couple of things. I went there, you know, I talked about credit card debt, talked about student loans, yeah. um, and, and how margin plays a part in that. Yeah. Just, uh, just an addition. I just love that you just lead the church into where people actually already are mm. versus trying to <clears throat> have people approach the church. You let the church approach people. And this is something that literally everyone that I've like ever talked to about anything has had issues with debt mm. has like been in debt for one thing or another. I mean, that goes across the whole margin series. Everyone struggled with some aspect of something. Right. Yeah. And it's, and it's weird how, and I don't even know, like, ultimate, like I would say, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't even feel like culture talks about it all that much. Like, yeah, yeah the church doesn't really talk about it, but also as a whole, culture doesn't really either. So it's beautiful to have the church kind of lead that. Yeah, um, I would I would agree with that because um, I think there's always, there's plenty out there telling us to to use debt, um, mm-hmm. to, to, to go down that path. You know, I think we're getting sold things every day. Um, but part of this message, um, you know, was build the margin. I think we, we get the opportunity in our lives to kind of be be the master painter, so to speak, of, of our lives and be able to decide. And I kind of got into it a little bit, you know, what's God's way versus what's the world's way when it comes to doing things financially. And that was where um, I just encourage people, you know, to, to, to maybe wait and get things mm-hmm. uh, versus running out and using debt to, to buy things and what is God's way, way versus the world's way? And yeah, I'd agree though. I think it's amazing how the world's very quickly to usher us into a debt position. Um, but the society we live in is not very big about education in this yeah, area yeah. unless you really go for it. And, yeah. and, and why, why shouldn't you get that in church, that mm-hmm. education? So yeah, I think yeah. that's a good thought. That's awesome. I think it is refreshing, like Tommy said, you know, to hear it talked about in the sense of 
no, we're not encouraging you. Like, because everything in culture tells us to just take on more debt. Like you said, I think you said at one point, like, buy now and worry about it later. Yeah. That's kind of the, the mentality. Whereas God is showing us wait now and pay later is yeah. kind of what you said. And mm-hmm. I think that is really refreshing. Um, I also kind of loved the fact that you talked about not overstretching yourself. Yes. And kind of showing some reserve. But it got me thinking about comfort versus overstretching. Mm-hmm. Because I think there is going to be some people, and even me when I was listening to it, that would wonder like, oh, does that mean I should really like really reserve myself and not have comfort you know, and so maybe you can speak to that and maybe talk about how you wanted to flesh that out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that's absolutely a an, in, an interesting um, place you could find yourself in as you try to build margin. Where is kind of the level at which you're now too comfortable, have too mm-hmm. much kind of margin, have too much in reserve? And that's where I ended that message really was talking about how we should be rivers of blessing and flowing, um, f- allow God to flow through our lives. Um but what I would say to that question, I think I think the the key there is really wisdom, mm-hmm. um, because at what point do you do you start to, to to take risks and to 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 venture out there? I don't think God's called us to be, um, you know, our own reservoirs of His provision, you know, and be like a a big pool of our own provision and just to swim in our own pool, but to actually open up, you know, the floodgates, so to speak, and allow him to work through us Mm. um but i do think absolutely there's wisdom in having financial margin um the point at which you get to the comfort level and then you need to actually be a good steward and maybe invest and 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 look at opportunity then then i think that's where the wisdom really comes in and says okay we're going to make this investment we're going to use this or we're going to bless people or you know we're going to do something with it um yeah i don't know if that answers the the question no it does i think you know, because I think too many times you hear messages or even just words about finance when it comes to, uh, I think, the church world. People are like, people mistake um, what how Jesus called us to live as being like paupers. Like they want to be like, oh, well, Jesus told us to have like get rid of our material possessions <laughs> right. and everything like that. And it's like, yeah, uh, well, y- yes, maybe. I don't know. So that that kind of gets a little muddy I think and I mm-hmm. think this message it made it really clear that you were you weren't coming from a place of like sell your possessions and right. love as a, a monk like that wasn't what you were getting at <laughs> yeah you know? yeah mm-hmm. even though if that's what you feel called to do that's fine you yeah know? Like, I mean if yeah, God's just like operate with you like yeah <laughs> if God's put it on your heart yeah um I also thought it was really cool um when it comes to generosity, mm-hmm. how building margin in our lives financially then allows us to dive into the generosity that God has called us to, to um, act on. And mm-hmm. I think that was really, really poignant in the sense of like our margin is there so we can bless others. Right. And I think that may be like an overall theme for this entire series whenever we, we talk about it. Um, but that was really I thought that really stood out. Um, so maybe you can talk on that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so the, the 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 middle part of the message was all about kind of, um, you know, practical like, you know, maybe maybe choosing to do things God's way is is more appropriate for a specific circumstance that someone might in, but the, might be in. But the goal, eventually, is to as we build the margin, we can kind of find ourselves in a place where it's like wow i have room to spare 
and with that spare I have, maybe that can go to someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe we're all called to live generous lifestyles because we're all called to share, um, to, to basically reflect the heart of God. God is generous. And, um, and when we live that way, you know, it means we have something to offer people. Like even, th- you know, that little snippet I added in there about making our own resource available for others. Mm-hmm. You know, just thinking that way, hey, I might have a bit of spare capacity here mm-hmm. in this area. I might have, um, I don't know, like a spare washer and dryer that I could give to someone, you know, out of yeah. my margin. Um, mm-hmm. Or um, or maybe it is just purely financial. Maybe I can bless someone with a couple hundred bucks, you know, as they're, they're heading off to college or, you know, or someone's in a tough time, can't make their rent. Um you know, I've got something available for them. It doesn't have to necessarily be, you know, hard dollars, but it could be just resource that I have, which is why I call the message kind of money and resources or, you mm-hmm. know, finance and, and my re- resource. So, so yeah. Yeah. I think that is cool too, that we don't have to look at resources as only financial. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Cause you talk about time as a resource. You talk about just kind of emotional availability as a resource. And I think that's really critical. Yeah, even possessions. I mean, like um, I shared that proverb that a wise man takes pride in his possessions. And I love that proverb because, you know, we can easily, again, over-spiritualize things and say, oh, I shouldn't be all about my possessions. But in a sense, God has also given you what you have. So you need to prize it. You need to make make it available, um, I think, for people, but also just not waste it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and that's how I want to live my life. I want to live my life, you know, uh, taking pride in my possessions, so to speak, knowing full well that God gave it to me. Um, and so therefore I should steward it. I should look after it. But potentially maybe it's also there to be a blessing for someone else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of the story that you told the pastor. Mm. Um like what you're saying reminds me that like we should also be like looking, steward it well, but looking for opportunities to kind of pass it along. In the past, who you were talking about, I forget who it actually was right. that just carries around a couple hundred dollars, looking for opportunities to give it to people. Yeah, it was actually his pastor who. Oh, okay. okay. Who, um, so my pastor was telling me the story, and he was just saying he would always have three one hundred dollar bills in his pocket, mm-hmm. and um, you know this is probably twenty thirty years ago. So to, for someone to give you a hundred bucks. That's a big deal. Yeah. You know, like it's a big deal now. It's a big deal now. <laughs> yeah. But, it, you know, it was a bigger deal even back then. And it was like, um, he just had amazing stories of, of just saying, okay, I'm going to be open, God. I'm going to keep this in my pocket all the time. And you just impress upon me whatever space or place I go in to give this to, to someone that you want. Yeah. And, um, man, the story is just incredible about like one particular one I remember about uh, him encountering a family on vacation that, um, that he felt led to give them um, the whole 300. Oh, wow. I think it was basically everything. And he walked up and he just said, hey, God told me to give you this. And so he gives them, gives it to them and then he finds out as they kind of all break into tears that, that this family was in this restaurant spending their last um, available dollars <laughs> on the meal, on their vacation that they were just starting. So they literally had no money. Yeah. And, um, and that amount of money was just going to basically be everything they needed to... To, to have their break and have their vacation. <laughs> yeah, just, that's he awesome. tells the story much better than me, but it's just like, wow, um, man, how cool would it be if we, if we lived a bit more like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Like the other messages in this series, you also talked about some kind of practical points and tips um, for this series. I think there were eight of them in this one, if I remember correctly, um, yes. such as tithe and don't stop. Watch the manager series, which is for those of you who don't know, uh, we have a series here at our church called 
let me speak to the manager. Was that the title of it? That was one of the, yeah. one of the messages. Yeah, one of yeah. the messages. Um, have a battle plan and build to build margin. Follow the map. Live well below your means. Discard the card, which is probably going to be really difficult for 99% of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's be quite honest. Um, question the why and get good at waiting. Right. Um, some of those are really kind of straightforward and simple. Mm-hmm. But then some of them, like let's say question the why and get good at waiting, are really difficult for us to absorb in the current culture that we live in because waiting is not something we're told to do. Mm-hmm. And it's not something half of us understand, to mm-hmm. be honest. Yes. I mean, a lot of people come out of college and they're like, I have to be married, I have to have kids, and I have to buy a house right, right yeah. now. Yeah. Rather than being patient and waiting for the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so maybe you can talk about those practical points and uh, some of the ones that stood out a little more to you. Yeah. Um, the, the question, the why, is a good one because, you know, again, that speaks to, to contentment um, as a believer. Like, do, why do I need this? Um, I, think, I think it's good sometimes to question the necessity of things and and then also just just kind of examine what this might look like on the other side of of the purchase or the decision so what i was kind of encouraging people to do was just to like question why do i even need this like even if if i buy this do i need it do i need to upgrade do i need to you know question the why and i think that's a good thing to do because as we question the why as believers it's kind of cool that if we at least give ourselves a little bit of space to question the why Mm-hmm. hopefully in the middle of that somewhere we're going to pray mm-hmm. and we're going to say, God, what what should I do here? Is this a wise investment? Is this a smart thing to do? And um, and that's kind of like a little secret sort of um, point there where I was just like, you know, to be honest, let's just give ourselves some space. Let's not make a rush decision um, and, uh, and really find out why I need this. Um, do I need this? Is it, is it imperative that I have this? Um, and I've learned just in my journey that, that just because I say yes to something today doesn't mean that I'm going to keep saying yes after I have it um, or I want to say yes. Like, for example, debt's a great example. If I, if I get to have this asset or whatever it is, but I'm going to have to keep paying on it afterwards, it's going to, be, it's going to look much differently. Um, mm, it's going to look yeah. much different emotionally on the other side mm-hmm. of that purchase when it's payment, payment due date time. Mm-hmm. each month yeah i'm gonna be like i'm gonna be questioning the why then mm-hmm. why shouldn't we question the why before yeah. yeah and that was kind of that was kind of the goal with that one the get good at waiting um you know really did 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 ultimately speak i think to, to a lot of young people in the room i said things like don't mortgage your future you know don't um which is essentially don't put your future um under under a weight mm-hmm. um or under restriction so not being able to go and make a choice or or even like, you know, I see sometimes young people, they want to go out and do those things you mentioned, like buy the house, jump right in, make it all happen, which is awesome. But then they might get six months or a year down the road and be like, hey, it'd be really cool if we could travel yeah. or we could go and do something with our lives. But then they've, they're they under the weight of, of that decision that they made early on. They didn't wait for it mm-hmm. um, and they could have done other things. And so I just said like to young people, don't mortgage your future, don't. You know, I use that 40% ceiling thing, which is like, you know, a lot of advisors and people say, don't spend more than 40% on your housing costs. The reason for that is because you do need room and margin mm-hmm. in other parts of your life to, to do things. 
And um, so again, wisdom, but also just practical things like, and I think it's okay for people to wait. I think a lot of people, I talked about, you know, fear of missing out in a previous message, but that's an example of like, you know, don't fear missing out on something, you know, just wait for it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, I think that that gives again, God room to move in our lives and and it it gives space to invite him in Mm -hmm. um, to speak to us, confirm things. And then also bless us because sometimes when we wait, it's amazing how like God will show up with provision and we don't have to pay for it. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, so now we're going to move on to today's message, which is balance the margin, margin in relationships, which again, I think uh, was really kind of cool and unique. Um, I think you touched on a lot of things that people uh, needed to hear about our relationships and especially friendship, because I think relationships, we automatically think kind of romantic relationships, but you were talking about more, just kind of a more broader general relationship, yep. which I think was that designed to be that way. Yeah, just the scope of uh, I think just generally relationships in our world, whether friendships, working relationships, um, you know, marriages, dating relationships, kind of everything, um, and just how that they they essentially encompass our world um, and they frame up like relationships are everywhere. Um, and this is just something kind of cool to think about conceptually that we can have margin in relationships too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I think one of the big things for me was um, you use God's word from the very beginning, Genesis, and you, mm-hmm. you talked about like the idea like we were actually created to be in relationship. Yeah. It's like God said, here's man, but here's woman because mm-hmm. he's not meant to be alone. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and I think that to me is like the key takeaway. Like we're not meant to live in isolation. Um, and isolation doesn't do anyone any good. And you mm-hmm. kind of touched on that a little bit. So do you want to maybe talk about that a little bit more? Yeah, um, I think isolation is is the one of the key tactics of the enemy. He loves to get people isolated. If you even think about the wolf and the sheep, like the idea there is that that um, you know he wa- he wants to get someone alone. He wants to get someone kind of out from from the pack and away from from the shepherd and um, I just have seen it as well. So many times in life, people get isolated. They start to think things that aren't right. Um, and you got to stay close to to relationships. You got to, you know. And life isn't perfect. People aren't pe- people aren't perfect. But um, but it's definitely not God's plan for you to be isolated. And these words makes it pretty clear that that whilst we we can have solitude, whilst we do need rest and time to sort of, you know, even Jesus, he withdrew. Um, to the hills and spent time with God like we need to do that but just generally in relationships we, ne- we shouldn't draw back from being in relationships at all and that's that's a dangerous place to live your life um, for sure so yeah it's very apparent in the scriptures that God's image of us and God's love for us doesn't line up with our brokenness and kind of our inability to to see past some of the faults within ourselves and just kind of the overall brokenness of the world. So how would you say to people that we need to like work past that? How would, how is it that we reconcile what is essentially our sinful nature and our brokenness with lining up with God's word and God's love for us? Yeah. Um, well today in the message today, I kind of wanted to begin it by saying that, that how we see ourselves and how we relate, how we see the, the 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 God of heaven, the one who created us, how He sees us, and how we see that relationship working out, um, 
is kind of the key context before we start thinking about our own relationships. Like um, there, there is brokenness in the world. There is there is so much hurt that, that people can experience. And I think in life, we can sometimes find ourselves kind of beaten down by life um, and find ourselves in a place where we don't think that we're of value. We don't think that God, you know, treasures us, cares mm-hmm. about us, um, has great plans for us. Um, and that can really affect how then we proceed with relationships. And, you know, it's that old saying that like uh, hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of like we're going to carry forward that view of ourselves mm-hmm. into our relationship. And so one of the best things we can do is just be reminded today of just how much God loves you and how much he values and treasures you. Like you are of significant value to God. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use Psalm 139 when David said, um, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, verse 13 says, for you, you formed my in, inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. Like there's just this, we, sent, we, we see in scripture, just this, this, um, this uh, value that God places on people um, that we have to get kind of right in our own lives. So if we're feeling mm-hmm. rejected, if we feel like we're not worthy and we're rejected and you know, we're not good enough and, you know, um, that's a poor place to start kind of talking about other relationships. We need to get that right first and remember like even when maybe we don't feel like it right now, mm-hmm. but God has so much value placed on my life and I am worth significant value to him. Um, that needs to be our foundation ground, you know, as we move forward in relationships because I think anything less than that means... Um, you know, potentially not not great things for our relationships. That's why we see a lot of you know a lot of hurt in relationships and um, you know uh, broken relationships, fractured relationships as a result. I believe of of not coming from that place of security and value that God's already placed on us. Yeah, yeah, I think that's good. I think uh, I forget how exactly how you said it today. Um, more or less that that we as like the another person like we can't force other people to be confident like it's something that they have to kind of like take up that mantle for themselves is that the same with value you think like you can't really force someone to understand their value they just kind of have to discover that on their own well what i said was uh, that particular point was interesting because i said you know we can encourage people Mm -hmm. but you can't create their confidence for them yeah yeah and um and it's the same with with their relationship in god there's just there's also the sense of you know, you have to walk this out with God. I think um, it's beautiful when you see someone develop that and blossom into that security mm-hmm. in God because they're, they're, they're there where they're like, oh, wow, like, you know, my security should come from God. My value should come right. from that place rather than worldly things, even people. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of a, a, a cool way to start the message for sure yeah. was, mm-hmm. was right there. I think what was really cool for me, um, your three points – they were there's there's purpose in people, people are people, and then finally Jesus died for people. And mm-hmm. I feel like those are really simple, straightforward that are kind of taken for granted. Yeah. You know, like people, especially if you've been a Christian for any amount of time, you're like, okay, Jesus died for people. That yeah, mm-hmm. there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also say like there's purpose in people, yeah. But I think that it's really easy to overlook the importance of every one of those. Because for me, like you said, um, you said you're a big deal to God. Yeah. And I feel like too many times in our daily life and our daily walk, we forget that and we lose Mm. sight 
of like how big of a deal each and every one of us is right. to God and like how that means something. That's not something that should be taken lightly or mm-hmm. for granted. Mm-hmm. And that in itself is like, should give you all the value you would ever need. And I know things aren't that simple and I know like it's hard to sometimes keep that as the focus, but I think that also ties into some of your earlier message when it comes to like uh, mental health and anxiety. Like if we were mm-hmm. able to really like, work that into our daily lives that mm. we are a big deal. I mean, imagine the problems that we could probably overcome and the, yeah. mm-hmm. the states of depression that we could overcome and get out of if you just never lost sight of that. I thought that was really encouraging mm-hmm. and something people need to keep getting reminded of and hear over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. I like the, uh, I like the, the viewpoint that that offers us because we, we, we should, we should really, um, you know, do everything we can to to, to re- remember that. Like, you know, we've got to be reminded of God's promises, you know, to, to navigate these waters that we're in. Like, you know, we got psychologists and people, you know, in the medical profession talking about this age of anxiety, this age of depression. And um, what's the antidote to that? I think, well, yeah, I mean, if we could start by just rem- being reminded of just our value from God, uh, what he places on a human life and how like, you know, it's, he's, he treasures people. Yeah. Um, and whilst the points today were pretty simple, um, there's so much depth to, the, mm-hmm. to those thoughts. 100%. Um, and so um, it was cool to unpack it for sure. I feel like too, it's, it's important to, and you mentioned it in your message, I don't think you can talk about people's value without then mentioning the great commandment that mm. Jesus gives us. And you mentioned that, you know, to love others as I have loved you, because again, that's something I don't care who you are. You struggle with, like I guarantee mm-hmm. you've struggled yeah. with it at one yeah. point in time and you're yeah. going to continue to struggle with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so did you feel like when you, when you included that in your message, was that kind of like a, an anchor for you in this whole series or, mm-hmm. or this part of the series, like that idea of the great commandment? the people message in this series like um there is a balancing act with with like kind of doing relationships um but it's all through that kind of key uh thought or idea that that god's love is so great for people um that that we we got to keep you know trying to trying to draw on that rather than our own kind of idea of what that looks like like i'll read the the scriptures in john 13 that's what i finished the message with and and when i when i first saw this scripture this way i've read that scripture before plenty of times but i've never seen it this way Mm -hmm. um it says a new commandment i give to you that you love one another and we've heard that before Mm -hmm. um but this is the bit that that just like stood out and god revealed to me He, he says this is jesus just as i have loved you and those words just as i have loved you i was mm-hmm. just like you know totally blown away mm-hmm. when i when when god sort of did that because i've again i've read that passage before i've read that scripture i know yeah. that story but then when you know again like there just comes time when god's like okay i want to show you something um read it again yeah. and let me you know and it pops yeah. out at you and that just as i have loved you has wrecked me ever since because you know what is jesus saying he's like don't love people the way you think you should love people. Yeah. Love them the way that I have loved them. And if you look at what Jesus went through, he was mm-hmm. beaten, he was whipped, mm-hmm. he was um, put on a cross, 
He was spat on mm-hmm. and he loved people through that, you know, with that kind of lens. And I'm just like, wow. So, so how did I finish the whole series was essentially there, which is like, how, how can we as people build margin relationally to meet people wherever they're at, whatever they're going through to love them like that? It's a big challenge. Yeah. Um, and we all yeah. fall short of the glory of God. No one's perfect, but you know, it's, it's a cool thing to kind of be able to look at and say, all right, well, this is this is what we're going to do. We're going to love people yeah, yeah. and um, move forward that way. It reminds me of um, there was a band that I really enjoyed and they had a lyric in one of their songs and it was essentially, um, I'm probably going to mess it up, but I think it went, learning to live the way I should and learning to love the way you would. And I feel like that is just kind of like the, the goal mm. as Christians, you know, mm-hmm. like that's just all we're trying to do. We're trying to constantly live the way you called us to live and love the mm-hmm. way that you already yeah, have good. shown us, you know. As in the rest of the series, uh, you gave us some practical kind of takeaways and practical points to walk away with that to try to implement in our life. There was quite a few of them um, in this one, so I definitely think people need to go back and listen to this one again. But um, one of them that stood out to me was uh, criticize less and encourage more. Yeah. You talked about a critical spirit. Yes. Um, and I think that that needs to be opened up a little bit more because we all have a tendency to be really critical. So, yeah, I think I think it's human nature um, to to criticize and to, you know, sometimes it, it can can sometimes try to, you know, come from a good place. Like, you know, we've heard constructive criticism is, is mm-hmm. a thing. Right. Um, but sometimes that doesn't help in relationships. And, and oftentimes I think to be straight critical is is not helpful in building relational margin. Um, but then I thought about it for for a second. I was like, ah, oh, I wonder, I wonder what causes someone to be critical. Yeah. You know, why would you why would you develop a critical spirit? And um, and I believe God just sort of gave me this thought. Well, it usually shows up after uh, familiarity sets in. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I wrote that down. I shared that with everyone today. But yeah, a critical spirit usually shows up after familiarity sets in. So good. And in relationships, we can grow familiar. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I want to just, with my relationships as best I can, I want to stay amazed with people like my wife, um, with my kids. You know, I want to, even there's such a great example with my kids, I want to look at my kids and just be like, wow, mm-hmm. this this is my child. You know, this is my, my flesh and blood and just be like, wow. Um, but when I grow familiar of just like, oh, these kids are always around and, you know, now they're not doing what I want them to do and, mm-hmm. you know, all that sort of stuff. I think we've we got to catch ourselves and, um, and you know, there are times when we got to do what we got to do. But, you know, I don't, I don't want to live my life just with a critical spirit and mentality that I'm just constantly criticizing all the time. And um, I think I said that, you know, critical people aren't fun to be around. <laughs> you know, they're just not. I, I cringed a little bit at that, that point. And critical people do not build margin relationally, like just do not. So, um, so yeah. And the last people people want, you know, at a party, is is you know someone who's just going to critique the party the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> this party was no good. Yeah. Yeah. So man, uh, you also said something about forgiving more and forgive quickly. I yes. think that's something that mm. we don't practice yes. um, in culture. Period. Uh, we're very we're very uh, quick to hold a grudge. Mm. Um, so, but obviously that's not how we're called to live. Yeah. Um, so I think yeah. that was another great takeaway from this one. Yeah. Um, 
I feel like in church life we should talk about forgiveness like every week um, because forgiveness just has a way of unfor- sorry unforgiveness as a way of just binding us yeah and um, and yeah holding grudges like um, yeah like you said we're quick to hold grudges but we often are slow to forgive mm-hmm. and I think we need to you know we need to flip that and just be like let's forgive as quickly as we can mm-hmm. because if you truly understand what unforgiveness does is, is it only really hurts you mm-hmm you're you're the the main affected person with unforgiveness not the person you're upset at yeah um so i talked this morning about just allowing yourself to come out of prison you mm-hmm. know and and don't build your don't even build yourself the prison you know which is kind of what we do when we don't forgive quickly right we start to slowly build this structure that eventually we lock ourselves in yeah <laughs> and don't yeah. forgive people and um but but i, I believe it, it builds relational margin because then we become a person in a relationship that someone then knows, oh, that person's not going to be mad at me forever, mm-hmm. or that person's not going to be upset at me. For, they're, they're they're actually pretty pretty relaxed and 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 are often graceful mm-hmm. yeah. and forgive, yeah. you yeah, know. Yeah. And that's how I want to live yeah. uh, my life. So yeah, forgive more, forgive quickly um, was point number nine. I think you might have said it in this point or in one of the other practical things that you mentioned was just on the flip side of that, be someone who asks for forgiveness, like. Mm we're all human. We know when we've made mistakes and stuff like that. We don't yeah. need to try to sweep it under the rug. Like yeah. just own your mistakes, say sorry quickly. Um, I think goes hand in hand. Like it just keeps conversations going, keeps relationships building and yeah, all of that. It reminds me a lot. I think you've said this. I, I know you've said this many times from the platform in different messages. And I know we've talked about it within our teams here at colonial, but in the same vein of, you know, be quick to forgive and forgive a lot. Um, you also need to learn to be unoffendable, mm-hmm. like especially as a Christian, like an offended Christian, an offended person mm-hmm. in general is like mm. just not fun to be around and ineffective. Mm. Um, so I think that kind of goes hand in hand with that. And like I said, we've talked about that quite a bit here. Yeah. Um, so it's one, I think it's one of our cornerstones here. Yeah. In yeah. Yeah. Don't be offended. Another really important word in this message for me was. Um, you said the idea like around the, the idea that the world needs the real you and not the performing mm, you. Yeah, that's good. And mm. I think we've talked about this in culture that it's we like to put on a face and we mm. like to show the pretty side of us, the right angle, the right lighting, you know, the, yep. the made up version yep. of ourself. Um, so why is it important that we shed that and kind of give the world the real us? Well, I think you can only build margin with what's real wow. in relationship. Um, <laughs> so good. Yeah, I think you can, you can only build margin with what's really there. Um, and I, we live in an age as well, just speaking about culture, we live in an age, we live in an Instagram age, which is show your best and, mm-hmm. and um, cover up the rest. Yeah. And um, that we're just not called to live that way. I think, I think when it comes to relationships, authenticity is the cornerstone. Um, we have to be real, but you've got to be yourself. And I, I love that Oscar Wilde quote, you know, just be yourself because everyone else is taken. It's so brilliant. Like, <laughs> yeah, I love that so quote. Clever. It is yeah. so brilliant um, and, and, witty <laughs> and witty and clever, you know, but it's just like, just be yourself because actually what the world needs around you is just the, the most real you, the most available, mm-hmm. you know, real, authentic, um, unvarnished, so to speak. And I'm not saying that you like don't, be polite or you know don't um you know like 
be courteous uh, yeah. in yeah, certain yeah. things, but at the same time, just be yourself. So, you know, I think if, if you're not having a good day, don't be afraid to say to people in your world, I'm not having a good day. And, yeah. and that, that's just being yourself, like having a tough season, just being like, hey, we're in a tough season. Not, not saying you have to be negative mm-hmm. about it, but you can just be real and be yourself. And I think that is foundational in building margin. It's important to have people in your life to be able to do that because mm-hmm. if not, you're just going to be, if you're having a rough day, you have no one to share it with. You're going to continue to have yeah. rough days. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's the importance that's of a relationship. Yeah. I think it's really cool that we ended kind of talking about culture and how this idea of like culture calls us sometimes to be not who we really are, to show face and to be a little bit fake. Um, this whole series has talked a lot about what culture says and then what God says. And I think that to me is not only unique, but powerful. And the series as a whole touched on things that for me personally, I've struggled with for friends. I know for my wife, you know, everybody has struggled with. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on the series and also like, did you intentionally set out to basically make an, not an anti-culture message, but mm. kind of go against the grain when it comes to culture? Um, no, I didn't, I didn't really plan on, you know, an, an assault on culture. Um, mm. But I definitely see things um, in our world today and think, wow, I wonder if that lines up with God's word. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that lines up with therefore God's best. And, um, and I look at like some people in life and they, they really struggle with this particular thing. Like, and, and, and I think, yeah, I think the nature of where we're at as a society, what's, what's changed over the last 50 to a hundred years, um, has caused us to be in a place where this generation is dealing with something that, that we've never mm-hmm. really encountered in this way before um, it sounds obvious but when you really when you really look at it you know anxiety and depression is is rife in mm-hmm. our culture like never before um, you know the suicide rate it, it's it's never been this high the divorce rates never been this high mm-hmm. um, it's just it's just amazing you know that 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 all this is happening and we as the church find ourselves right here and so I think it's just time to to talk and um, and I, yeah, I didn't really I didn't really sort of go into the construct with that sort of thinking that that we're going to attack culture. But I think there are certain things we need to expose sometimes and just say, you know, this is happening out there. And I think there are a lot of people that are looking for answers, answers to to common things that they're going through. Like, is this right? Is the way I live the right way to live? Um, and there's no better place to get those answers, I think, than church. Because church should be the place where you come in and you just you 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 reset all the time. You know you reset against God's word and 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 locked in to essentially to to what what God is saying. Um, and so yeah, in terms of the the architecture, it was more just um, believe God wants us to talk about this particular thing, which is margin in life is is needed it's 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 required of us to be able to live the way god wants us to live so even if i go back to the very first message where i talked from psalm 23 psalm 23 is just the most beautiful promise for a believer to live um led by a shepherd in in a beautiful green pasture by Mm -hmm. streams of living water um to be to be constantly 
fed and and it's just this lush life you know that we read about and and, and that's how we can live you know but what that means and this is i think to answer what your what your question was is that means sometimes we need to say no to what the world yeah. might be selling us yeah. right now mm-hmm. or trying to get us to do or trying to get us to say yes to or trying to get us to fill our calendar with um, we can we can move in in a different direction and and take ownership yeah. over our life yeah and our our own world and therefore build our own margin and really be in control of it that's what i really wanted to empower our church to do was w- why not sit down with you with your spouse mm-hmm. or just sit down yourself and just say okay what am i doing how much am i doing should I be doing this much? Should I be allowing this? Should I be going there? Should I be, and, and really taking ownership of your own spirit and your own um, and your own um, kind of life in that in that way. This may sound really obvious when I say it, and but I think it's still kind of important to say. And it mm-hmm. sounds like you constructed this message in this way. So, but it seems like we should take as believers and even even as non-believers is still something we should probably do. Um, we should take what society or what culture tells us to do and we should put it up against a measuring stick. Mm-hmm. The ultimate measuring stick is God. So what does God call me to do and what is culture? They're, they're not lining up. Mm. And that's kind of what you're pointing out here. Mm. Um, do you feel like that needs to be the basis for like, Everything should we stop and address that at all times? Like again, this may be very an obvious answer, but mm-hmm. so many times we walk away from obvious questions with yeah. going, "Oh, I forgot about that." You know, so is that how we should live our life, constantly measuring ourselves up to God? Uh yeah, I, I think the the answer is we should always be looking to God's best to to, to live our lives, um, not with like a spirit of like legalism or religious obligation but you know the bible is is our is our guide it's a, it's the lamp to our feet so i think we need to to constantly look at god's word for direction for um for a standard you know and i think we shouldn't let the world around us dictate um that standard mm-hmm. and that best and you know bible says that we should be you know in the world but not of the world um and yeah, and, and like uh, I've already mentioned this in a deep dive before, but taking mm-hmm. Finocchio, Nathan Finocchio's, which I love just that idea that, you know, what Christians do is they take what culture serves up and we baptize it in yeah. Jesus' name. <laughs> and, um, and we should do that. And then we should, we should take whatever's going on, like even just, you know, current tools and stuff that's coming out. You know, if there's a way to use it for the glory of God, let's do it. Yeah, right. You yeah, know? and mm-hmm. um, that's what we're kind of about at our church is just like we're not ignoring culture or trying to like um, rage against society, but at the same time, let's you know let let's let's let um, God's word kind of dictate and um, and not settle for anything less than God's best. Yeah. We're not Luddites. We're not like getting rid of technology and cultural trends and saying, no, we're snakes. <laughs> as we podcast. <laughs> yeah, as we podcast, yeah. As, as, we, uh, as we sit here and podcast. But, but that's, that's actually a really good um, example of, of one way you can go with, yeah. with this kind of um, teaching or encouragement. It's like, oh, well, that means I need to shut everything off and, and do away with, with so much of what mm-hmm. makes up my life. But I think that's incorrect because... 
Um, there, there may be seasons when you just say, okay, I'm not going to be on social media because I'm not healthy. I've got no margin and the thing that's killing my margin mm-hmm. is social media. Yeah. So go ahead, make the call, take ownership, do it. Um, but also just don't be, don't be ruled by, by that. Um, and I think that's what God allows us. He's given us the grace to be able to work out for ourselves mm-hmm. what that looks like. Um, I know for me, um, you know, for me, social media is is a it's, it's a great connecting thing for especially, you know, living on the other side of the world from where I grew up. There, are, mm-hmm. you know, there are people that I still connect with and having friends all over the world. It's great, but I see it as a real practical tool for me to get God's message out, get the word out. Um, also, a great way to sort of you know um, highlight things that that I believe are really really important, like family. Mm-hmm. Um, rest. So I talk about Sabbath a lot on my social media. So yeah, just I think we can we can choose um, what's what's right and what's wrong and what we should put down or pick up. Um, I certainly don't think that we should ever let um, culture sort of dictate that. Even though to an extent it really does, but we should look at it and then say, okay, what's how does this line up? Yeah. You know, with 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 what God also has for us. Yeah, I think it's kind of interesting because culture has a tendency to be very trendy in the sense of like. Things come and go. We know that. God's word, it's not that way. No. no. Yeah. It's kind of, it's always there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing how God's word is, is so relevant and so, so useful and um, so available to even us right here, 2019, mm-hmm. facing whatever we're going through. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's still just sharper than any two-edged sword and speaks life every, every opportunity that we give it. Um, when it, when we invite it in, which is so cool about yeah. God's word, it's active, it's living, it's breathing, and it doesn't age. You know, it's, it, it seems to yeah. always find new ways to be relevant, which I think is really interesting because there's always, like you said earlier, when you referenced the scripture that you had read a hundred times, yep. and then you saw it like in a new light, and yeah. it literally changed. Yeah, it's dynamic. That's that's what's wonderful for me. Mm-hmm. With this series, the Margin series as a whole, um, do you feel like this is a series we're going to have to revisit as a church? Yeah. Um, you know, like there's kind of like a rhythm now we have in our church, which mm-hmm. is really cool when it comes to series. And um, we're in a bit of a um, a bit of a, a cool phase in church life where we're, we're sort of building these foundational series. Um, so like a couple of examples was... Um, you know, planted and flourishing. That was a foundational series. Um, Which we've done twice now. Yeah, we've remixed that now mm-hmm. once already, um, and there's been other ones as well. Like um, we did, uh, we did one called Hallowed, which was all about prayer, the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. Um, we did the Manager series. Um, mm-hmm. So this one, I think, yeah, I think, um, it, I think it's going to become a foundational series because it's all about sort of living um, God's way um, and just just approaching kind of that from a different angle so yeah i think i think we'll do we'll do more of more of margin sort of based messages and series in the mm-hmm. future and hopefully remix it you know again in, in in a little while and um and i'd love to to sort of expound upon it and just see what god wants to do because i think even the, the cool thing about preaching god's word is you don't sort of come around 12 months and just preach the same message again or even do the same series again mm-hmm it's like God breathes a whole new thing on it mm-hmm. and it just becomes different. And yeah. even though it's it's essentially the same thing, the same thematic, mm-hmm. the same kind of idea, um, he just illuminates different things in his word and, um, and the message is just different and helps people go deeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exciting. I think that's something to look forward to.
there's like a thought in my head. I can't figure out how to get it to work though, but there's something about, we'll just see if it works. There's something about this series that I think is just so great. Um, in, in like one of our missions here at Colonial in St. Augustine is to, is to welcome people home. And there's something about um, when people come, come here on Sunday mornings or whenever, you know, a, a weekday event or something like that, there is really a sense of home. There's a sense of rest. There's all this type of stuff. So it's, it's amazing that we have opportunities to like dive into this series where we can, you know, be at home, be resting and then go back out into the world and like actually take stuff that we've learned in church and apply it to what we're actually going through inside culture. Mm. Um, and I think that is something that'll make series like this constantly come around in 12 months. Mm. Culture is going to change Yeah. in 12 hours. Culture is going to change. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we could do the series again next Sunday Yeah. Um, with whole new things. So I think it's just one of those things where we, that's uh, not the best way to say it, but for lack of a better word, like we pride ourselves on being an authentic church and being real people inside this church. And so the only way to do that is to be honest and be real with people. And so the way to continue that is like, cool, well, what are we actually doing between Sundays? Like, yeah. what are we working through between Sundays? Yeah. And this is such a practical, like amazing series to talk about all that stuff. Yeah. One of the things I love about this series was we began each message with um, the words of Jesus. And so, um, like the 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 key part of our the key person in the story of our lives as believers is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we took the <laughs> beginning of each message. We took a little little passage out of um, we used uh, I used the Gospel of Matthew for the ser- this series. Um, but it was just like Jesus was encouraging us. You know, the beginning of each series to live this way. You know, Matthew chapter six with the with the, the the manage the margin uh, message was all about you know in ten verses he mentions you know don't be anxious six times yeah. and um, and like I just think that's really cool as well that we ultimately yeah we can go back around and do do things again but we're we're, we're looking to to Jesus' words and his teaching on how to live and that's just the best place we can mm-hmm. possibly position ourselves as believers is right there and. Um, So yeah, it's pretty exciting to see what what God's got in the future for sure. We hope that you got something from that and it challenges you to grow. Please share it with someone who needs to hear it and reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you and your thoughts on the message and this session. Until next time, God bless.